This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Americans crossing into Canada are bringing guns with them. Apparently, they don't know that's illegal in this country. Apparently, they don't read the travel advisories or the big signs posted at border crossings to that effect. They also apparently don't know that you can declare your weapons at the border and leave them behind, which seems like a better alternative to being charged and fined. Now, a lot of these people are what Border Services describes as law-abiding citizens. A lot of them are Zoomers, 60 and older, from the South. Now, frankly, I have to say this doesn't surprise me. I have uh, friends with second homes in Florida who spend a lot of time there, and they all tell me that people, all the people they know there, pack heat, carry guns. Uh, I always find that quite incredible. I've, I've met some of these people, and... It, it kind of, uh, I find it shocking, to be perfectly honest. Um, at one border crossing alone in New Brunswick, six Americans have been charged with bringing handguns across the border because then when they get to the border and they see that it is illegal, instead of, you know, owning up and declaring it, they often choose to lie about it. Anyway, uh, let's go to Ari Goldkind, who is a criminal lawyer here, to see what this means for us. Ari, thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Good afternoon to you and all your listeners. Thank you. So uh, what do you make of this? Is this just Americans kind of being oblivious that this is another country with different laws? Well, there's kind of a lot of jokes to be made there with Americans oblivious, but we'll leave those alone for a second. I sort of thought that the point you mentioned right towards the end of that intro was the important one for me, which is, if you accept, and I think most of your listeners would, that the criminal law is really there to punish people who are morally blameworthy. If there's an elderly couple driving up from Florida, and they don't know the rules here, they're law-abiding citizens, uh, they don't see the signs because their glasses or their bifocals aren't on tight enough uh, when they get to the border. Then they and shouldn't they can't, be, be driving that, if they, they can't see signs. They probably shouldn't be driving, but you and I could sit on the 401 every day and yell and scream about all the people who shouldn't be driving. True. But let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say they don't see the sign, they don't get there, and when they get to the kiosk, you know, they're asked if you have a gun, and they say, I do. Why? Am I not allowed? That's the kind of person that I don't think we should be bringing all the heat to and locking up in jail. And I'll get to that jail part in a minute because there's an interesting wrinkle to the story. Where I have the problem, and you and I have seen the same article today, it's a big article, Mm -hmm. is where people are lying about it. And when they're lying about it, that to me gets into a very, very different fish criminal law-wise because, and I'm sure you know this, This prosecutor out in New Brunswick, where this case sort of came to light, is giving people $1,500 or $2,000 fines. Well, what a lot of your listeners wouldn't know 
is that there are usually lengthy penitentiary sentences. And I emphasize penitentiary for people who don't know what that means. Longer than two-year sentences just for possessing a firearm in Canada that is not licensed in Canada. So if these people were walking around on the street and pulled over or were involved in a fight and the cops show up, they're looking at serious jail time. So where these $1,500 or $2,000 fines come from, I don't mind if it's the 60-year-old, as I said, innocent, declares it at the border. But when you start lying to cops, hmm, that raises some interesting questions to me. Well, yeah, but they, they don't if, – if people declare them at the border, they just have to – you know, send them back. They have that option. But this, exactly these right. these fines are for the people who lied about it. It doesn't look like they're getting jail sentences. They're getting big fines. But if if they let them go afterwards, I don't even know how do they how do they collect those fines. I mean, if you're if you've gone back to uh, you know where you came from, Carolina somewhere, then then who's who's going to make you pay the fines? That's right. And just just to be fair to the prosecutor, he's not really doing it because he cares about the fifteen hundred bucks. He's trying to get a message to others in the states: don't come up to our theoretically open door, open border country on some analysis this week with your firearms. He's trying to get that message sent, and he says he's failing which is why I guess he went a little bit public with New Brunswick being the August or July of the Florida vacation or gun. But it's when you lie at the border that it seems to me that these people are getting very special treatment that others wouldn't get who were illegally possessing guns in Canada. And I'll ask you this question in reverse, and I'm sure your listeners would say, hmm, well, what if you went to the border, you, with some contraband that in Canada is perfectly legal. <laughs> like but in the US, soon. <laughs> it, it, correct. Is in the US is massively illegal. Do you think when you got to Pearson Airport to the way they talk to you and look at you there even as a law abiding citizen or at the border in Niagara Falls and you've crossed in with something you shouldn't have and lie about it, do you really think you're just getting a continue on your way, Libby, and uh, enjoy Disneyland? I don't think so. So you're saying that we're being too nice to them. We're being too nice to the people that lie about it. Because, again, if you're doing this clear of conscience, if you're doing it because you just didn't know, um, let's say you're dumb, let's say you're uneducated, let's say you're ill-informed, doesn't matter to me. You're not a morally blameworthy person. You don't have a... I'm not being dry here, I'm being serious. You're not a person with a devious or criminal state of mind. But when you're bringing a gun and theoretically you're lying about it, it suggests to me that you were taking a chance. It suggests to me that you love your gun. And we know how people in the States love their guns. We all don't need to know or be educated that it's like some bizarre infatuation that I myself will never understand. But then they're getting sentences that the average Canadian wouldn't get for possessing the same illegal weapon because once they're here it's not registered it's illegal so i don't like that double standard for the liars for the ones who do it accidentally you know what libby i don't even think they should pay a fine i don't think they do i I don't think they do i think they just have to uh get the uh, send the gun back or they no no that's no no they, they once they come through if they haven't declared it yeah, which they can, and they can leave it and come into the country and reclaim it on their way back. Yeah, then there's no charges. What what is happening here 
is that the people who bring it accidentally and don't lie about it are still being given fifteen hundred, two thousand dollar fines. The crown is bending over backwards yep. no, I, to I, not I... throw the book at them. In my view, if they're really innocent, they're a couple. They're a nice couple. And the one, the one example I like, which I'm sure you saw, is where the husband says to the wife, "I'm not bringing the gun." Meanwhile, <laughs> they're coming in their RV, and the cops find it. He says, "I didn't tell her." And then in the middle of the in the kiosk or at the border, the, the wife's yelling at the husband, Jerry, I told you not to bring this thing. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you can only imagine the entertainment value for the border guy with two senior citizens that remind him maybe of his parents or his family. But when you just got to be careful here that you're not giving the wrong people a free pass who are coming in here and just because they're nice, they're sweet. You can't really have two sets of laws. You can for people who don't know what they're doing, but it's the liars that bug me in this story. Okay, well, uh, hold on there, Ari. Let's go to Jack in Mississauga. And, Jack, you are an ex-customs officer. Yeah, that's correct, Libby. Um, I agree I agree with uh, the gentleman that's on, uh, on the air at the moment. Uh, uh, firearms are not allowed into this country uh, from the U.S. or any, any, any other country, for that matter, uh, if you know, if we if we find if we find uh, where we're, when I used to work at Pearson, if we find a firearm and and the person hasn't declared it, uh, we seize the weapon mm-hmm. and uh, we put it in a holding area and uh, and we and we tell the, the the importer or you know the traveler you know on your way out uh, there there might there may be a penalty. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure right now what, what the amount is. Uh, it used to be a certain amount at one particular time. Oh, I see. Uh, well, that's how you collect the money. Is that uh, well? They... There's a penalty if if you if you haven't declared something. It's what they call a seizure penalty. Uh, I don't know the exact percentage uh, of the value of whatever it was, the, the particular weapon, but there is a penalty of some sort. And what do you think of Ari's point? That uh, that if if that's the case, then they're really getting off a lot easier than a Canadian would be for having a, an illegal weapon. Well, I've had police officers illegally importing weapon, uh, Canadian police officers uh, bringing in uh, small arms. Right. And, uh, and we tell them, you know, like you know, there, there's a sign right at, at Pearson. There's all kinds of signs posted. You know, there's a, there's a two year uh, two year uh, penalty, uh, you know, imprisonment, you know. For, for smuggling. Yeah, but but again, do you think that it's fair that some of these American travelers get off with a fine where other people wouldn't? Well, when you say other people, who are, who are you referring to as other people? I'm sorry. Oh, anybody else who would be caught with an illegal weapon. Ari, who are you referring to? Yeah, so for example, if there's somebody here, let's say, I mean, we have, okay, I don't want to get too bogged down in this, but let's say it's somebody who possesses what was once a legally obtained shotgun rifle but they've right. let their license expire, okay? Or they've let their registration pass. The, the, your caller will know all about this. And, you know, the cops come to the house for a domestic dispute, and they find this gun whose registration or licensing has lapsed. That person is going to get charged. They're likely going to get taken to jail to be held for bail. There's a real double standard here. So when I say other people, I mean once you come into this country with a gun that is not registered here, and that is not lawful here, to me, once you lie about that, you're no different than the average person walking down the street who's got a gun on them that has no license to have on them. So the line in the sand I was simply creating is, 
if you're honest about it, when you go to the border and you go, oh, geez, Louise, I didn't know, I didn't see the sign, you're not a morally blameworthy person. If you lie about it because you can't bear the thought of going to sleep in uh, the uh, Royal York downtown or the Best Western at uh, Casino Rama without your gun under your pillow, you're a different fish. And I don't like that person essentially being given a kiss by the criminal justice system where the person in the example I just gave, who's equally law-abiding and equally not a gangster shooting up the city, might be looking at the Crown wanting a year or two in jail. I just don't like that distinction. Okay. Uh, Jack, do you have an opinion on that? Well, you know, uh, we're talking, we're ta- like, we're, if we're talking about Canadians and, we're ta- uh, and Americans, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a different ballgame, okay? Uh, a Canadian can go, can go down to the States and purchase a weapon of some sort, uh, come through customs, declare the weapon, but prior to him getting possession of it in Canada... It will be held by customs. The weapon will be held by customs. And then the, the importer, the Canadian importer, has to make arrangements with the local police or wherever he, wherever he lives in Canada, Ontario, to get the proper registration, to get the proper authority, and to have all the legal procedures done. Then they come back to us. We're still holding the weapon. We'll release it to that particular person, Okay. Now, as far as Americans are concerned, they can't bring a weapon in at all. They don't live here, so they're not entitled to have a weapon with them in this country. And, that, and that's the situation as it stands, as far as I know. Yeah, and Libby, just to, just to be clear, I think we're talking about maybe a couple different things. We're sort of yeah. talking about somebody's state of mind. That's why I was saying somebody coming up here in their motorhome who can't bear to be without their three fifty-seven Magnum and lie about it is different. And remember, we are as a country... Not that this is a massive shock to anybody. We as a country are very clear. We don't believe in gun culture. We yep. don't believe in the NRA the way the state seems, and this is my personal bias, manically in love with their guns. They think this right to bear arms from the 1700s where they had muskets, and I don't think one le- 12 listeners can really say I've ever seen a musket. All of a sudden, that means we can have semi-assault rifles with magazines and clips. They're maniacal down there. Well, the, yes, they, they, they are. That's true. <laughs> I will uh, certainly agree with that. Um, uh, Jack, thanks very much for your call. Uh, you're welcome, Libby. Thank you. Okay. Um, and Ari, yes, they are maniacal. And it is, again, it's, it's, a very, it's very jarring to go down there and to see, you know, meet people that you think are kind of, quote, like you, and then um, find that they have guns in their purses, and, and it, it's very shocking. Yeah, and when you say purses, it's, it's, it's actually across all genders, too. It's a very, very interesting thing where a lot of people know when you're driving on the 401 here, as I joked, you know, maybe you'll give somebody the finger without thinking about it, but not a lot of people in Florida who are snowbirds would ever do that on a roadway in uh, southern Florida. Uh, why? Because they're scared. Correct, because there's such a different culture there. And one of the reasons this is a story, I think, is also because of our values here that say no guns. But I do like the takeaway. I do like that there's a prosecutor in New Brunswick who sort of has some sympathy for these people where the heavy hand of the law doesn't always need to whack somebody across the face who really is caught up in a mistake. I kind of like that part of the story. Well, you know, and it's again, it it sort of highlights... um I think that uh, American kind of 
arrogance that that they they will come here without bothering to uh, you know to check out the customs and the laws of the place they're going to. And you make a beautiful point on that, and that's why I said half joking. How many of us before we go to the airport just to go? On a regular trip, we'll make sure that our tube of toothpaste doesn't exceed 100 mils or that our sunscreen, literally our sunscreen to go sit on a beach in Daytona or wherever we're going, doesn't exceed the stupid, stupid, stupid size that they'll take away our $16 bottle of sunscreen. If we can do that, Libby, as Canadians, respecting the rules of flying into the States, it sort of boggles my mind that Mr. Pickup Truck RV from uh, Virginia you know, really says, I'm not going into Canada without my 357 Magnum. Yeah, uh, on the on the sunscreen and the 100 mils, the, it's the same The same is true here. Of course. <laughs> the Canadians will take it. it away from you just right, as but quickly. we're careful about it, right? We're careful about it when we tend to fly to these right. other places. We look up advisories. We make sure we've got our visas. We make sure our passports are up to date. Here's somebody coming through a road stop through the border who thinks it's some perfunctory check and doesn't think to themselves, well, maybe if I'm carrying a firearm, this country may be different than my NRA-loving country. Well, exactly. Or it's an innocent mistake, and, the, and the, the border guards and the prosecutor treat them appropriately. I just think at some point when you start lying about this through the border, you're really thumbing your nose at our rules and our values, and that's what sort of uh, wets my whistle a little bit more than the innocent person. Absolutely. Um, is there anything that you would like to uh, leave us with on this? No, I, I think the takeaway, because, you know, a lot of these stories that we talk about, and I often talk about a lot of stories in media where the prosecution's heavy-handed or people are being treated unfairly. I do like, as I said, Libby, the fact that the prosecutor out east, you know, isn't throwing the book at these people. He's sort of using this story as a cautionary tale and saying to people, please, please don't come through the border with these guns. Don't make me have to do something. I kind of like the fact that he's got a heart on this. Okay. Okay, Ari Goldkind, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.